evidence and answers. We all have friends or family members who may not believe in the same God that we do. Here's the age-old question. Is Jesus the only way? What do you think? You're tuned to Evidence and Answers with your host, Pat Zucran. Pat is an author, teacher, and international speaker in the arena of Christian apologetics, the defense of the Christian faith. Today on Evidence and Answers, let's listen to one of our breakout sessions taken from the 2017 Apologetics Conference held in Hawaii. Each year, Pat hosts this conference and brings out the best scholars, teachers, and authors to share in teaching and equipping you, the believer, to be able to share your faith effectively in our culture today. The theme was demolishing strongholds of unbelief. If you're unable to hear this entire broadcast, all of our messages are available on our website. That's evidenceandanswers.org. Listen as Pat Zucharin shares part one of his message, Is Jesus the Only Way? Is Jesus the Only Way? You know, it was a few years ago when I found out that my uncle was dying. And so I flew back to Hawaii to visit him before he died. He was the president of the Hawaii Buddhist Association and he chose not to get any more treatment. And so his time was coming to an end. And while we were there at the hospital visiting, my favorite cousin, when I first walked into the hospital room, he just said, hey, can I talk to you outside real quickly? I said, sure. So we went outside and he said, you know why my dad is, uh, not receiving any more treatment, right? And I said, yeah, I, I know. He said, it's too much of a burden on us. So he's chosen to die. I said, yeah. He goes, isn't that what being a saint is all about? So he's going to go to heaven, right? And I said, well, I said, you know, everything in me wanted to say, yeah, sure. Don't worry about it. Yeah, it'll be okay. Everything in me wanted me to say that, but I knew I couldn't as uncomfortable and as tough as it was, I had to say, you know, uh, it's really not about what we do. It's who we know. You know, do you know the son of God? Do you know him? He's the only way to eternal life. And he looked at me, he goes, my dad's a Buddhist. You know that. I said, that's why I'm here. And he just said, but I thought that's what being a saint is all about, giving your life to others. And I said, it's a great thing. But, you know, it's all about who you know and who has paid the price for our sin. And he just put his head down and he said, well, I just thought I'd ask, you know, and he walked back into the room and I just stood outside and everything in me wanted to say, no, 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 I'm wrong. <laughs> Forget what I said. It's going to be okay. You know, this topic is one of the hardest for many of us here in Hawaii who are first generation Christians, right? To think that perhaps our forefathers and those who have gone before us may not be there when we get to eternity. So this is one of the biggest issues for us and for the church today. Here's some of the issues we are going to address, okay, in this seminar here. Now, the idea that there are many ways to heaven and all religions essentially teach the same thing, dominate our culture today. 70% of Americans believe that there are many ways to eternal life, okay? Like many roads go to New York many roads up Mount Fuji. There are many ways. All religions essentially teach the same thing. There are many ways to eternal life. Or it doesn't matter what you believe as long as you're a good person or a religious person, all right? And it's a growing trend in the church today. The Southern Baptist did a survey not too long ago. And the Southern Baptist, as you know, is one of the biggest 
evangelical denominations in the United States and in the world. And the surveys show that 60% of Southern Baptists believe there's more than one way to eternal life. Hey, it's a growing trend in the churches throughout the United States. Rob Bell, in his best-selling book, Love Wins, was a bestseller about four years ago. Everybody was quoting Rob Bell. I couldn't walk into a church or be on radio without people quoting Rob Bell to me. And Rob Bell writes this in his best-selling book, a staggering number of people have been taught that a select few Christians will spend forever in a special joyous place called heaven, while the rest of humanity spends forever in torment and punishment in hell with no chance for anything better. It's been clearly communicated to many that this belief is a central truth of the Christian faith, and to reject it is, in essence, to reject Jesus. This is misguided, toxic, and ultimately subverts the contagious spread of Jesus' message of love, peace, forgiveness, and joy that our world desperately needs to hear. And this was a best-selling book just a few years ago, and people were quoting this book constantly wherever I was going. Now that's the teaching of what we call pluralism. Hey, that all religions are essentially true, and there are many ways to heaven. Now, if pluralism is true, all right, there are some severe implications for us. Jesus and his work on the cross is not necessary for salvation, all right, because there's other ways. The gospel message is not necessary for salvation. Therefore, really, evangelism is not necessary, right, because there are other ways to get eternal life. And ultimately, missions would not be necessary. In fact, it's better we not go, right? Because then they'd be accountable to respond to the message we send. It's better since there's other ways to heaven that they find other ways than be accountable if we present the gospel to them. Now, what is pluralism? Pluralism is the belief that all religions are equal and valid ways to God. That's the definition of pluralism here. Hey, that all religions are essentially teaching the same thing. There's an illustration that's told in the Buddhist and Hindu scriptures, and it's in popular literature here in the United States. It's the story of the blind man and the elephants. Now, in this story, a king sits on a balcony and does an experiment. He has an elephant in his courtyard, and he brings in six blind men, and they grab different parts of the elephant. One grabs the ear, one grabs the trunk, one grabs the leg, one grabs the horn, and they're all arguing as to what exactly is in front of them. All right, one guy says, what we have here is a snake. The guy grabbing the tusk says, no, what we have here is a spear. Someone grabbing the tail says, no, what we have here is a rope. Okay, and they're arguing with each other what is in front of them. But the reason they're arguing and they think they all have different things in front of them is because they're blind. They can't see. If they could see, they would realize they're all just touching different parts of the same thing, the elephant. Now, the Buddhist and Hindu scriptures say, well, that's what's happening with the world religions. Hey, we're all blind, and we're just touching different parts of the elephant here. So that's the riddle that's often thrown at Christians who say, really, there's only one way to eternal life. Now, what's the answer to the riddle? Anyone know? Who knows the whole thing? Somebody sees the whole picture. Everyone's blind, but there's one person that sees the whole picture clearly. Who is that? Yeah, it's the pluralists. 
the pluralist believes everybody's blind except him. All right? He thinks everybody's wrong except him. Well, how narrow-minded is that? You know, you think pluralists are not narrow-minded? Disagree with one. All right? And see what kind of response you get. Hey, you have to know something about reality in order to say we cannot know or we do not have a clear picture of reality. That's the answer to the riddle here. Now, in order to address the issue of pluralism, he must first come to an understanding of the nature of truth. Okay, skeptics will often say, you guys think Jesus is the only way? Wow, how narrow-minded. Well, you tell them, exactly, because that's the nature of truth. And if we believe there's truth, we're all narrow-minded. Because truth, by its nature, is exclusive. It's absolute, and it's narrow. That's the nature of truth. Truth excludes its opposite. Opposites can't be true at the same time and in the same way. All right, truth exists. It's undeniable. To say there's no such thing as truth, guess what? She just made a statement of truth. All right, so your opening premise is false. It's a self-defeating argument. To say there are no absolutes, you just made an absolute. All right, truth exists. It's undeniable. And truth by its nature is exclusive and it's narrow because truth excludes its opposite. Two plus two equals four. Can it equal eight? Can it equal 10? Well, if you had that kind of math, you can't have a mathematical system. You can't have accounting. You can't have finance. You can't have engineering. You can't have the sciences. Two plus two equals four and only four. How narrow-minded. Well, that's the nature of truth. Okay? A triangle has how many sides? Can I have 10? I can't have as much as I want it to have? Oh, how narrow-minded. Well, that's the nature of truth. Truth is universal. Truth is exclusive. And truth is narrow. All right? What's my name? Pat Zucran. Can I be President Barack Obama? Oh, how narrow-minded. No, it's Pat Zucran. That's it. Okay, I'm not anybody else. All right? That's the nature. That's the nature of truth. Okay? So when... People say, oh, how narrow-minded you are. Well, that's the nature of truth, okay? Truth excludes its opposite, okay? This is the basic law of thinking. It's the basic law of logic. We all use it all over the world. It's Aristotle's law of non-contradiction. Opposites cannot be true at the same time and in the same way. Without this principle, you can't have logical conversations. You can't even have a conversation okay, without using Aristotle's law of non-contradiction. Avicenna, a Muslim philosopher, said this, anyone who denies the law of non-contradiction should be beaten and burned until he admits that to be beaten is not the same as not to be beaten, and to be burned is not the same as not to be burned. A little extreme, but you get the point. We apply this every day. It's the basis of our rational thinking. Truth is Absolute. A triangle has three sides. Is that true in China? Is it true here? Yeah. Was it true a thousand years ago? Yeah. It's true today. It will be true tomorrow. All right. Truth is absolute. Truth is universal. Truth is narrow. And truth is exclusive. Okay. You can't function without that kind of definition of truth. All right. When you go to the pharmacist for your prescription, 
you better hope he has a narrow definition of truth. Okay, if you go up to him and you say, how many pills am I supposed to take each day? And he goes, one or two, three, yeah, whatever you want. Yeah, take as many as you want, okay? No, you want him to say, look, you can only take one, all right? When you go into your accountant's office, okay, to do your taxes and figure out your financial situation, you better hope he has a narrow view of truth. Okay, if you go in and say, how much in my account? And he goes, whatever you want. What do you want, 100000 200000 50 bucks? What do you want? Whatever you want, okay? No, you'd fire him in a minute. Truth is exclusive. Truth is narrow. Truth is absolute. That's just the nature of truth. Now, built on that, we should reject pluralism for several reasons. First, basic logic, okay? Basic logic reasons against it. Hey, the law of non-contradictions. Opposite cannot be true at the same time and in the same way. And religions teach contradictory truth claims. They're making contradictory truth claims. So they cannot all be true at the same time and in the same way. If God exists, then the proposition God does not exist cannot be true at the same time and in the same way. Someone's wrong here. Now, if you look at the basic teachings of the world religions, you would soon discover they're making contradictory truth claims. We're not all saying the same thing. Let's take a look briefly in these four areas. The nature of God, the nature of man, the destiny of man, and salvation. All right, when it comes to the nature of God, all right, atheist religions, such as Southern Buddhism and others, say there's no God. Hindus say God is not a person. He's the impersonal energy. He's the cosmic energy of the universe. Everything is God and God is in everything. He's the cosmic energy that is made up of everything in the universe. Buddhists, okay, Southern Buddhists, they're atheists. God is not part of that system there. He's completely irrelevant to the Buddhist system. Muslims say God is a unified monotheistic God. To associate God with anyone else, that God has a son, you've committed the unpardonable sin of shirk, blasphemy, the sin that's worthy of death. Judaism also teaches a unified theism, okay, that there's one God, okay, just one person. Christians teach we are Trinitarian theists. There's one God revealed in three persons, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Hey, so take a look at that. Are we all saying the same thing when it comes to the idea of God? Is God a non-personal energy or is he a person? Does he exist? Does he not exist? Is he just one person or is he a trinity? Or is the trinity complete blasphemy? Take a look at the nature of man. Atheist ideologies say man is just a material being, a flesh surrounding chemistry. Hindus teach, if all is one, Atman is Brahman. Man is essentially divine. The cosmic energy that flows through the universe flows through all of us, and ultimately we are divine. Buddhism teaches that men are basically good, okay, but just unenlightened. We're ignorant. That's our problem. Okay? We don't understand true reality and our individuality. We don't understand that, our nature. Islam teaches that man is basically good but weak, okay? And he needs the teachings of the Quran and the Sunnah to help him. Judaism teaches that man is born a blank slate and through his good works, obeying the law of 
Judaism, he can attain favor with God. Christianity teaches we are born sinners. There is absolutely nothing we can do to earn our salvation. There's nothing we can do. And left to ourselves, generally speaking, we will do what is self-serving because we have a bent towards sin. Well, which one is it? Are we all saying the same thing? And we're saying we're just a material being or we have an immaterial soul and spirit. Are we good? Are we sinful? Are we divine? Or are we mortal, physical beings? What about the destiny of man? What happens after death? Atheist ideologies say extinction. That's it. Once you die, that's it. You go six feet under, it's over. Nothing survives the death of the body. Hindus say you're in an endless cycle of reincarnation. You can go through millions and millions of reincarnations until you become absorbed into the one. Buddhism teaches you're in an endless cycle of rebirth until you extinguish all desire and attachment to this world and you become nothing. Nirvana. The extinguishing of all. You no longer, no more conscious existence. Muslims say for Muslim men, on the day of judgment, their works will be weighed. And if Allah is merciful, he'll allow Muslim men into paradise. And well, they will be drinking from rivers of wine and being entertained by numerous virgins whom they can take for their wives. Judaism, different forms of Judaism. Some don't believe in a God. Okay, Reform Judaism, many don't, do not. They simply teach once you die, that's it. Some teach the soul is immortal. Some teach a bodily resurrection. Christianity teaches Hebrews 9.27. It is appointed for each man and woman to die once. Then comes the judgment. Your eternal destiny will be determined by the decision you make for Christ here on this earth. All right? And you'll be forever with God or forever separated from him. All right, so which one is it? Is it extinction or there's something immortal, an immortal essence, a soul that survives the death of the body? Is it reincarnation and rebirth or is it you die once and then you face the judgment? And we're not all saying the same thing when it comes to human destiny here. What about salvation? Well, because for the atheist ideology, there is no God. Once you die, that's it. No heaven, no hell. Hindus believe you're in an endless cycle of reincarnation. And hopefully, there are several ways to escape that cycle of reincarnation. All right, by dedicate devotion to a particular God who will extend good karma to you so you can keep moving up in the next reincarnation and eventually be absorbed into the one, absorbed into Brahma. Or through enlightenment or through good works, through those reincarnations, those millions of reincarnations, you'll keep moving up until you are absorbed into the one. All right. And in Hinduism and Buddhism, you're not an individual. Your individuality is an illusion. We're all a part of the one. Okay? We're all drops in the ocean. So as a drop lands in a mountain and must find its way to the ocean, so every person must find their way to union with the divine. And when you go to the ocean, you don't go, oh, look at all these billions of drops of water in the ocean. No, you just see a mass ocean. So same thing when you become absorbed into the one, not going to be billions of individuals. You're just part of the one. Buddhism teaches you're in an endless cycle of rebirth and you must accept the four noble truths and follow the eightfold path. And hopefully you'll break that cycle of reincarnation 
and you'll enter into nirvana, nothingness, extinction. Muslims, through good works, hopefully on the day of judgment, your good works outweigh your bad works, and Muslim men will be allowed into Islamic paradise. Judaism, salvation comes through obedience to the law. Since most religions teach man is basically good or neutral, they can earn their way into salvation. Okay, It's made possible. Christianity teaches what? We're born sinners. There's nothing you can do to, no matter how hard you try and work, to earn right standing with God. You need a savior. All right? And God has made it possible through the giving of his son. And there's nothing we must do but receive okay, the gift of eternal life given through Jesus Christ. Okay? So which one is it? Is it good works or is it grace? We're not saying the same thing here. So if you just do a basic study of the world religions, you're going to see they make contradictory truth claims. So we can't all be right at the same time. Okay, now at this point, I'm not saying Christianity is true or not. I mean, we're making contradictory truth claims. Therefore, we cannot all be right at the same time and in the same way. If one of these religions is right, then the, then the others are wrong. Okay, because we're making contradictory truth claims. Steve Turner said this. We believe that all religions are essentially the same. At least the last one we read was, they all believe in love and goodness. They only differ on matters of creation, sin, heaven, hell, God, and salvation. Okay? In other words, on the basics, we all disagree. We're teaching contradictory truth claims here. Ravi Zacharias said, most people think that all religions are essentially the same and only superficially different. Just the opposite is true. Okay? If you study them carefully, you will discover we're all making contradictory truth claims. And remember the basic law of logic. Opposites cannot be true at the same time and in the same way. Okay, so logic reasons against it. Jesus and the apostles taught against it. Jesus says the gate to eternal life is narrow and few find it. John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Jesus said he is the only way. Acts 4.12, salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to which one may be saved. Okay, Acts 4.12. Okay, and Jesus confirmed his claim to be the only way to eternal Anyone can claim to know the way to eternal life. The question is, can you confirm that claim? And only Jesus did through his miraculous, sinless life, death, and resurrection. Jesus alone prophesied and accomplished his own resurrection from the dead, confirming his authority over every realm of creation. And he said, I am the resurrection and the life. He was saying, I am the source of life because I am the creator of life. And he demonstrated it by conquering sin and death and raising himself from the dead. So since Jesus is the divine son of God, what he taught about salvation is indeed true. Any teaching contrary to the teachings of Christ must ultimately be false then. And since pluralism teaches things contrary to what Christ taught, pluralism must ultimately be false. Now, we have two 
big questions to address. The first one, what about those who have never heard of the gospel? Okay, is God just in sending them to hell? Thank you for joining us here on Evidence and Answers Radio Broadcast. We hope you enjoyed Pat's show today. If you find this broadcast to be of a great value to you, please consider partnering with us. Evidence and Answers relies on generous support from you, our listeners. For the opportunity to donate and keep us on the air, you may do so right there online on the homepage of our website. That's evidenceandanswers.org. You'll see we have a wide variety of resources available to you including articles, Pat's books, and additional audio for you to listen to or download. So be sure to share our website with your family, your friends, and your church. Evidence and Answers is grateful for our key sponsor, Highland Capital Management, providing investors with alternative investment solutions. To learn more, visit them online at hcmlp.com. Join us again next time on the air or online as we provide reasons for faith and hope in Christ, right here on Evidence and Answers.